Paul refers to this truth basher as the lion's mouth. Alexander was the lion's mouth. That's what Paul was talking about. He called him a lion's mouth. Can you believe that a preacher would do something like that? of New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that you're going to be blessed all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. Can I take just a moment and applaud those of you that listen in week after week? Uh, it still just uh, thrills me to no end to be walking around town and someone say, hey, aren't you Terry and or we listen to New Life? A lot of you I've never met. I have no idea who you are, but you listen to the program and I get to meet you, and that is it's really fun, to be honest with you. And what a, what a blessing, what a, a favorable thing it is to be able to share the good news gospel message with the whole community. It's something I do not take lightly, even as I, I uh, plan for and pray over the services at New Life. I'm always thinking about this broader audience. We thank you so much for being here. We're continuing on with a series that we began a couple of weeks ago. In fact, we haven't been long wrapped this up at New Life. It's titled very aptly, Acts chapter 15. Would you care to guess what it's about? Acts chapter 15, a very key chapter in the New Testament. And it deals with this. I say to our people all the time, and you've heard it on the telecast before, people do people things. Isn't that true? People do people things. I said that to say this. There was some peopleness going on in Acts chapter 15. And we're going to be taking a look at that. I want to read uh, one verse in your hearing. Our text passage obviously is Acts chapter 15, uh, verses 7 through 9 for this particular entry. But I want to take you to another passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, because we're going to get into that. It's an, a marginal text, if you please. But uh, it says this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. Listen to this. Be self-controlled and alert. Now, the emphasis is you. You be self-controlled and alert. Why? Your enemy, who is that? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now that someone could be you unless you take some precautionary steps, and I trust you'd be challenged to do that as we go through this particular teaching. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's listening to this telecast, whether live or sometime later, and I pray that your word would penetrate their hearts. God, I pray that you would help us to be alert and to be on the lookout for our enemy that prowls around trying to find somebody that he can pounce upon. Speak to each and every one, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Sure.
sharing with you part three of the series, Acts chapter 15. I have no idea how many parts there will be to this, but I'm, uh, I'll be curious to, to find that out as the days move along. We've been saying to you in part one and part two that one of the unique things about the Word of God, and make no mistake about it, I'm talking about the Bible, one of the unique things is that it transcends time. What I mean by that is regardless of the time, regardless of the season that we happen to come into existence, whether it was back in the year 33 A.D. or 500 A.D. or 2023 A.D., whenever we come into existence, this word, the Bible, helps us know and understand how things are to be done from God's perspective. Does that make sense to you? Aren't you glad we have the Bible to help us with that? Otherwise, we would be all over the place. The challenge for every generation, whether this generation, the past generation, or the coming generation, the challenge is to discover the eternal God of the Bible and His everlasting plan for mankind. Now, let me personalize this just a little bit. And I'm headed to number one on your study notes. The challenge is for you. Would you put your name in that blank? The challenge is for you. If your name is Terry, put Terry in there. The challenge is for Terry to discover the eternal God of the Bible and his everlasting plan for Terry's life. Does that mean anything to you? You personally? You sometimes feel like the preacher is just talking to everybody but you. This is for you, and this message is for every individual from every generation. I beg of you, whether you're looking at me live and in person this morning or listening later by television or the Internet or whatever the case might be, I beg of you not to look upon the church with disdain. And I must say here, there are religious institutions today that have a sign on the front advertising that they're the church, but they're not the church. Make that distinction. Do not look upon the church with disdain, musing to yourself, that ain't for me. The church is not for me. That God business and that church business, that has nothing to do with me. Listen, no matter who you are, that ideology is dead wrong. Dead wrong. Here's a stark reality. As God tarries, and right now he's tarrying. Say he's tarrying. Right now he's tarrying. I just watched a little second hand just sweeping right all around. You check your cellular device and every 60 seconds another number pops on there. That's God tarrying. And as he does, we all have an appointment with the grave. Now, I walked with the family to the cemetery this week and presided over a funeral, a home-going celebration. It's what they call them now is a, a celebration of life. They used to call them funerals. It looks like the same thing to me. I use the same notes. But anywho, I walked that with the family this week. Beloved, we all have an appointment with the grave. Pastor Terry, I don't want to think about that. Who does? 
Nobody wants to think about that. That's creepy, but it is a reality. Watch this. We all will either stand alone before God Almighty or celebrate a, celebrate a right standing before God in Christ. The preferred position is to be in Christ. But we're all going to go that route one way or the other. Beloved, that merits a decision now. now. I know how it is with a lot of folks. They're still watching that. The Lord's tearing. I've got some more time. Well, let me ask you, how much time do you have? And I'll tell you the answer to that question. You don't know, and neither do I. It merits a decision now. The good news is given to us in Isaiah 55. Listen to this verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Well, when might he be found? Before he comes and before you go. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He's here now. Earlier in Isaiah chapter 45, we read, turn to me and be saved. And when I read passages like that, I'm, I'm thinking, who's he talking to? Turn to me and be saved. Well, here's who he's talking to. All the ends of the earth. Why should everyone on the earth turn to him? He says, for I am God and there is no other. Pastor, I know some people that would disagree with you on that. Well, that's why I'm preaching. I'm trying to help them understand the truth. There's only one God with a capital G, and his name is God. Are you with me? Only one. Now, seemed like I done got preachy up in here all of a sudden, hadn't it? Or doesn't it? Having settled your relationship with God... You become a part of the body of Christ. Watch this. Little known thought among the religious community today. When you settle that relationship with God through Christ, you become a part of the body of Christ or the church. There's so many people say, I like that God thing. I like being a, a part of God's family, but I ain't having nothing to do with no body of Christ or the church. Check it out. If you're born again, you are automatically, no options, you are placed into the body of Christ. That's who we are. I like that. If you don't like that, I hope you'll grow to like it because God is not going to change his mind. Okay? The church, beloved, is comprised of, watch this, the church is comprised of people. Now, I know this because my mama showed me years ago. Here's the church and here's the steeple. You open it up and here's the people. <laughs> the church is comprised of people. That's good news, bad news, isn't it? People do people things. Actually, how many people we have here this morning? People do, and you just admitted to me you're a, you're a people. Guess what? You do people things. Isn't it amazing how we put up with people things from us? 
that we would never put up with from other people. Am I right? If you as a people, then you do people things. Now, took you through that to tell you this. I'm headed to number two on your study notes. There was some peopleness, some peopleness. If the English language does not provide a word, I coin one. There was some peopleness manifested up in Acts chapter 15. That which was playing out in the old time Antioch church, Antioch of Syria, continues, watch this, continues to manifest and stir up a lot of angst. You understand angst? It's an interesting word. It, something continues to stir up a lot of angst in our culture even today. When I say our culture, I'm talking about the United States of America. Actually, we'll dill it, uh, distill it, right dill it. We're like dill pickles. I'm going to distill it right down to where we are. We have some of that taking place right in Henry County, Ridgeway, Virginia, right to this time. Now, let me, let me help you understand what, I, what I'm trying to say to you. Some false teachers attempted to infiltrate the body of Christ. So let me do that again. Pay close attention to what I'm saying. Some false teachers attempted. Everybody say what I just emphasized. Some false teachers attempted to infiltrate the body of Christ. Watch. At the core, those false teachers were people. And what do people do? People do people things. One of the people things is teaching false things. False teachers are people. False teaching is an ongoing dilemma listen to me, that will confront every single member of the body of Christ from now till the end of time. Oh, no, preacher. We got rid of that in our church. Listen to me, dodo. False teachers are like peants. You know what peants are? That's what my mama called them. Up here, y'all call them something different. I like mama's version better. False teachers are like ants. Whether they're invited or not, they will show up for the picnic. Am I right? And you can get out a can, you can spray them suckers, and you might annihilate, annihilate that batch at today's picnic, but you come back tomorrow, guess what? There'll be some more ants. Where in the world do them things come from? You all need to know and understand this. Otherwise, when false teachers show up, when they show up, perhaps at your church fellowship, if you don't know what I'm trying to help you see right here, it will freak you out just a little bit. I can't believe that happened. I'm never going back to that place. Listen to me. The truth, when I say this, some of you are going to go, oh. the truth is an attractant to Satan. 
I'm pausing for emphasis. The truth is an attractant to Satan. Pastor, what are you talking about? Fill in number three. It's a study note. I couldn't be wrong. Where there's truth, Satan will purpose to send an envoy. Will you underline that and put it in quotations? Satan will purpose to send an envoy to destroy it, to destroy the truth. Pastor, you better have some Bible for this. Well, I'm all over it. Stay with me right here. How many of you remember that Jesus Christ characterizes the Word of God as a seed? You remember that? Jesus characterized the Word as a seed. He describes for us that God's Word is sown into persons in similar fashion as a seed is sown. And he tells us point blank, and I'm going to Mark's accounting. There's some parallel passage. But in Mark 4 and 15, the English Standard Version puts it this way. Look at this closely. Where the Word is sown, see, I was right. Where the Word is sown, Satan immediately. When? Whoo! Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown in them. Why? He shows up to steal. The truth attracts him. He shows up to steal. One of the historical accounts that Paul emphasizes to us outlines this truth. Stick with me or you'll get lost. This is one of my famous parentheses. I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 17 says this. So, Paul speaking, so I was delivered from the mouth of a lion. Say amen right there. I never knew he had his head in a lion. But he said he was delivered from the mouth of a lion. Now, if you're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, you may not have time right now, but I encourage you to go back and read that on your own time, and you will realize that 2 Timothy chapter 4 is not dealing with a lion attack. Are you with me? It's not dealing with a lion attack. So what in the world is Paul talking about? Beginning in verse 12 of that same chapter, Paul introduces a troublemaker. Look at your neighbor and say troublemaker. Troublemaker. And he named him, called him by name. How would you like to go down in history as making the biblical record as a troublemaker? His name was Alexander. He was a blacksmith, probably a coppersmith. He made little gizmos made little trinkets, fashioned things out of metal. That was Alexander. Paul says point blank about him in verse 15. Alexander, he strongly opposed our message. What is he saying? Alexander, the coppersmith, the metal worker, he opposed the truth. Are you with me? Because Paul's message was the truth. He opposed the truth. Paul, and just a little parenthesis also, Paul goes on to make clear that he was not going to be offended by the offender. He was not going to be offended by Alexander, citing that God had and God would deliver him from such. Are you with me, church? Number four on your study notes. Now, Paul refers 
to this truth basher as the lion's mouth. That's what I wanted you to see. And I'm kind of cutting to the chase. Paul refers to this truth basher as the lion's mouth. Alexander was the lion's mouth. That's what Paul was talking about. He called him a lion's mouth. Can you believe that a preacher would do something like that? Well, you can push anybody in a corner. If you keep refuting the truth long enough, you might get called a lion's mouth. Say amen right there or something worse. You're going with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Most of you have this memorized. If you don't, I would encourage you to memorize it. And this is a part of the sermon where you need to look around. If your neighbor looks like they're taking a nap, punch them so hard it'll never about knock them out on the floor right now. Would you go ahead and do that? Yeah, I was looking at you. 1 Peter 5 and 8, listen to this. Be self-controlled and alert. What are we supposed to be, church? Self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like what? Like a little pussycat. No, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How many of you know lions have mouths? Roar. Lions have mouths. So do Satan's helpers. Alexander was one. He was a helper of Satan. But God delivered. God made it clear to Paul that he would deliver. Let me say this again just to keep us on track. The truth is an attractant to Satan. Why? Where there's truth, Satan will purpose to send an envoy to destroy it. When God's truth is put forth, there will be a truth basher a lion's mouth that will show up to attempt to squelch that truth. What will they do? Attempt to squelch that truth. Listen to me. Darkness cannot stand the light. It can't stand it. Darkness can't stand the light. Here's some good news. Darkness cannot, cannot win against the light cannot if we'd cut off all the lights in this big room and block all the windows it would you'd find out it's pitch dark in here it was by design by the way and you could whip out one itty bitty little match little match compared to this 3600 square foot room you consider all the space it's a pretty good space of darkness wouldn't you say and that one little match, I don't care what corner of this building you were in, high, low, all in between, you'd see that match. It would dispel what? The darkness. Darkness cannot overcome the light. In reference to Jesus the Christ, John records this. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Good news is he has come. Chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. What is Jesus? The light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever will never walk in darkness. Hallelujah. But will have the light of life. Watch this. In order for truth bashers, I'm talking about peddlers 
of and panderers of darkness. In order for such to prevail against you, you have to allow for it. I'm trying to help somebody. When light stands, light wins. Have you got me? When light stands, light wins. When truth stands, truth wins. Praise the Lord. I said all that, beloved, to say this to your New Life Community Church. Do not let a lion's mouth offend you. I couldn't tell you how many people over the last many years, of my, well, 65 years before and during and probably after the time that I might cease to do what I'm doing. Beloved, there have been people who have attempted to come against the truth and there have been so many that have just said, afraid of the lion's mouth. Afraid of the lion's mouth. Don't let the lion's mouth offend you. Let me tell you something about the lion's mouth. The lion's mouth is lost. Do you want to be lost? The lion's mouth is going to spend eternity separated from God in a place of eternal damnation. Is that what you want? Don't let that person offend you. Be delivered. Deliverance is available. Now, in case, or the case of Acts chapter 15, the false teachers came forth, as you've discovered in the last two lessons, they came forth from within an exclusive group of religionists that referred to themselves. Beloved, this would be a great place for us to cut in a little bit more to this particular entry, but I will look forward to sharing that with you. Let me conclude by asking you this. Are you a troublemaker? Are you a truth basher? Never has it been more important than in this day and age for people to take a stand upon the truth, not to bash it, but to stand upon it. And in order to stand upon it, you have to know it and understand it. You have to study it prayerfully and carefully. I trust that that is exactly what you're doing. Not only reading the Bible, just a cursory glance saying, yeah, I've got my Bible reading done for today. I can check that box. But you open it up and prayerfully allow God to speak to you by His Word. That's why the Word is given. And as we live that out, it can prevent some of the goofiness that we've been talking about, some of the peopleness that we've been talking about. Be encouraged, beloved, to be a truth proponent, to know it, to understand it, and to purpose in your heart to share it with others. Father, I thank you for each one listening in. I pray in the name of Jesus that by your word you would speak to hearts, draw us to yourself, empower us to be about your business now more so than forever. And we'll be careful to thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities, and I want to encourage you to get involved in the local church. If you are not, uh, please. And if you are involved, and I encourage you to just dig in with all four feet to more so than you ever have before. New Life meets Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, our regularly scheduled morning worship celebration. We also have activities on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for the whole family. There's some contact information on the screen. If you'd like more information, give us a call. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, we appreciate the, the many of you 
that say that you listen to the program. Be encouraged to like and share. If you listen by way of some social media site, click on the, uh, the like button, subscribe to our channel. It would be a big help to us, and we'd appreciate your partnership in the gospel. I am Terry Knight, and I have to get out of here. My time is just about gone. I want to remind you, beloved, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?